listening to the True Idaho News Podcast. Unfiltered news and opinion for the citizens of Idaho. Well, hello and welcome to the True Idaho News Podcast. This is Dr. Daniel Bobinski coming to you, talking about the issues facing Idaho and America from a Judeo-Christian perspective, which is my custom. Thanks so much for tuning in. With me today is my co-host, Josh Gibbons. Josh, how are you? Alive. We made it through the primaries. That we did, barely. Uh, I've got to tell you, I'm just so... Uh, kind of been uh, taking a day here and thinking, whoo, slow down a little bit, brother. Um, I'm ready for a couple of days of vacation myself. Need to decompress. How about you? Yeah, I've actually been planning it. As you know, I've worked with a lot of clients statewide with their races, and I've spent most of the day in sweatpants. I slept in till 12 o'clock in the afternoon. (laughs) (laughs) Dangle, I've earned it. I I don't feel bad about what I've done at all. So yes, vacation sounds great. I think I'm going to take my kids, um, you know, and and that's kind of the thing. I'm going to take them to Yellowstone. But, you know, during the election cycle for me, you know, I, I barely get to see my kids. So today we did go to the park. It was phenomenal. And I think we're just going to continue that trend for about a month before I get back to work. I like it. That's a great yeah. idea. Yeah, I like that a lot. As for me, um, those who know me know that I'm a big dog fan and I um, lost one of my uh, dogs a couple months ago. Mm-hmm. And uh, I am in the market for a new dog now, I think it's time for, now that the, the um, big rush is over, I think it's time for me to get another dog and I can spend some time training. And I don't want to get a dog if I don't have time to train it. So uh, now that the election is, the primary is over, we we got the generals coming up. We're going to have more work to do. But for me, it's time to get a dog again, I think. I've got one picked out, a uh, special needs dog, and get, give it lots of love and a nice place to live. Anyways, uh, we've got lots of cool stuff to talk about regarding this election. A lot of people are uh, depressed in some capacities, and rightfully so. We had thought that there was going to be a, a win for some very strong conservative constitutionalists at the statewide level. And of the statewide slate that would be you know, deemed uh, constitutional conservatives, we really got only one seat, and that was Raul Labrador for the attorney general's office. I'm going to guess you've been hearing a little bit about that as well, the kick in the gut thing. Yeah, you know, we've all felt it. I mean, obviously, with Ron Nate, Kerry Hanks, and Chad Christensen all losing their race, that was a big blow for conservatives across the state. So it is something. But you're right. There are things that we get to look forward to that you and I are going to talk about. Raul Labrador being one. I mean, that is, look, in my opinion, the attorney general is the biggest race in Idaho. And we've got a conservative. So we've got some things to celebrate, and we'll go through them all. Yeah. So for those that don't know, Lawrence Wasden has been the attorney general in Idaho for about, what, 20 years now? Yeah, 20 years. And then 10 years before that, he served as under the attorney general. So 30 years in that office. And when you went to go see him speak, and of course, you saw him speak because he's part of the Canyon County organization out there. But (laughs) every time I saw him speak, he's always talking down to people and just about everybody I know that was watching him speak or has seen him speak just describes him as arrogant and uh, condescending. And I, so I had heard that. And again, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm a people watch. I'm a certified behavioral analyst. So I'm, I go and I'm watching him speak. And I'm going, gosh, man, whoa, do you really want to talk down to people like that? And sure enough, he was doing it a lot. So I guess uh, people got a little tired of that. And along comes a really good candidate in Raul Labrador, and Raul won handily. And thankfully, I think Raul is going to separate uh, the duties. Uh, one of the things that I asked um, Mr. Um, Wasden had to do with his duties, and it was he, he seemed to present himself as not just the attorney general for the state, but also the governor's private attorney. And I thought that was that was kind of a wrong idea. Can you hear anything about that? Yeah, you know, let me say this because I, I have to say this because with my podcast, What's Happening Idaho, I went after him really hard. I truly did. The thing about Lawrence is, is that 
he does have a nice side. When I was sick with COVID, he did drop off groceries to my house. Him and his wife do have a good heart. But at the same time, when it comes to how he approaches people outside of that, you're absolutely right. He does talk down to people. I was at an event in North Idaho where he directed his whole campaign speech, his whole stump at combating what we said on our podcast. So, you know, he, he doesn't understand what it actually means to be a statesman and his job as well. You're absolutely right. You hit the nail on the head. He thinks he is the attorney general for the governor and for the state. And it's not about helping the people. So you're absolutely correct with that. Yeah, that that came across really clear in his answers that he felt like he was the governor's personal attorney. And that's not but that's not the role. He, he pretty much said as much. I mean, he really dove into that throughout the state. Like I said, I heard him in North Idaho, Canyon County, and the message was always the same. And he was the attorney for the governor. Yeah, that was wrong. So so hopefully, you know, uh, Raul Labrador will be in there going, that's not the role. And we're going to be a little more assertive with protecting the rights of Idahoans, which is the job of the attorney general. <clears throat> Make sure that they're getting their rights looked out after. Um, one of the things that I noticed in this election was an overwhelming amount of lying going on. These these big postcards that show up in the mail with these blatant lies, just just outright lies, just infuriated me. Did you see those? Did you did you feel the same way? Daniel, this election cycle was the most dirty election cycle I have seen in years. And look, we know how disgusting and egregious the last one was. This one specifically, I mean, I'll give you a prime example. Can you imagine Priscilla Giddings, who again has a 96% lifetime score with the American Conservative Union. She went from being a far-right conservative to within a week being a liberal who associates with Nancy Pelosi and AOC. I mean, the lies were just spread rampant and it hit not only her, they went after even past the statewide races. I mean, I'm sure you saw Judy Boyle's race. I heard of that as well, right? I had heard about it, but I didn't see anything. Plus him. So here's the deal. This is this is my estimate, and this is estimates of people I respect as well. About $200,000 was spent trying to unseat Judy Boyle. And the things that they were saying about her were egregious. They were doing the same things, trying to pay her as a liberal, weak on life, weak on conservative values. And in the meantime, they're trying to paint her opponent, who was also an incumbent, uh, Scott Syme, as a conservative. Now, the funny thing about that is, is, and I always use this as a prime example. When I think of a of the beacon of conservatism, the one thing that doesn't come to mind is somebody who wants five and six-year-olds who run lemonade stands to pay $100 to register business and then to have them collect taxes and report that. That's what Scott Sime wanted, and that's what we were up against. They were trying to paint him as the good guy and hers the bad guy. And the fact of the matter is, is the good news is, is conservatives saw through it. Not as many as I would have loved to have seen through it, but with as little was spent promoting her, people did see through it. And we were very fortunate in that race. Yeah, because Judy is very conservative and he, Scott Syme, you know, I, so my introduction to Scott Syme uh, was when I was writing for Uncover DC and I wrote an article for Uncover DC that, that went viral and I was at an event and people were sharing the article and telling me about the article and that they'd read it. They'd liked it. And then someone showed me, and this is Scott Syme's response to your article. And he showed me the text and Scott Syme was telling that my, this guy was, that was talking to me, apparently his constituent that I was uh, promoting fake news. And that was full of baloney. And I'm going, did you even read the article? I sourced everything that I said. So everything that I said was true. I could back it up. Not a problem. But Scott Simon was out there saying that I was a I was promoting fake news. This is this guy was not a conservative. And, and I would say the word intellectually dishonest. Yeah. So what you're telling me is he's doing did the same thing to Judy Boyle. He did. He also lied about having endorsements that he didn't have. Uh, I believe he may have received a cease and desist. But uh, there was a group that actually came out and said, hey, while we're flattered that he would try and associate himself with us, this is not the case. These sorts of dirty tactics were, were acclimated to a little bit. We have seen them in the past. But again, 
this year there was nothing like this that happened. I mean, even on national races, I've never seen something so egregious as what we saw here in Idaho. No, no, this is this was a nasty, nasty year. I've got some heartache about that because what do you do with these people who are out and out lying? What kind of, you know, how do you hold them accountable for this stuff? I'm holding yeah. in my hand here this this mailer from Scott Bedke. It's got a picture of Lancy Pelosi and AOC staring at uh, Priscilla Giddings while she's talking into a microphone. It looks like, she, like they're standing next to her and she's talking into a mic. And it, it's photoshopped. It's obviously photoshopped to me, but some folks might not realize it. And it says, when it comes to funding law enforcement, liberal Priscilla Giddings votes like AOC and the radical left in Congress. So, okay, first of all, she's not a liberal. Turn it over. Liberal Priscilla Giddings voted to cut funding for law enforcement. And then it's got three bullet points. Voted against enforcement funding for rifles, batons, body armor, camera, that kind of stuff. And it gives a link to a 2018 piece of legislation that she voted against. And I pulled up that piece of legislation. And it is amazing to me how little information is provided in this bill except we're going to spend $48,000 for the investigations for the Idaho State Police and $654,000 for the patrol. And there's no details in this bill. It just says we're going to appropriate all this money. And then it says statement of purpose, which is not part of the bill. It just is what this is a, a informal statement that they're going to be provi providing money counters and a non-uniform clothing alliance and a remote residential housing unit and a download station. I'm going, wait a minute, all this money and it's not outlined in the bill as to where this money is going to get spent. And then it says, and road flares and laser goggles and riot batons and body cameras. And it's, go ahead. It's insane. You know, I'm sitting here. I know exactly what you're talking about. So this is what listeners need to understand. It's just like if I tried to make the argument that, hey, this banana is yellow. Somebody could make the argument they'll wait and they'll say, actually, it's brown, right? It's browned over time. You can make an argument about anything, but let's talk about the bills that they attacked her on as far as law enforcement. First, I want to preface this by saying it's silly to me to even hear this. Her father was Idaho County Sheriff, a constitutional sheriff. He was in law enforcement for 50 years. If anybody knows and supports law enforcement, it's Priscilla Giddings. Now, H, uh, House Bill 205 that you're referring to, she voted against it because they wanted to have riot batons. I don't know about you, Daniel, but I haven't seen any riots here in Idaho. Uh, another bill that they attacked her on was House Bill 371. That bill was extremely egregious to me, and I'll tell you why. They wanted to move 13 Idaho State Police officers from the communities to the Capitol. And it was based off of the January 6th thing that happened in Washington, D.C. Now, I know you've been to the Capitol. I've seen you there. We've shook each other's hand and talked. You know that there is plenty of law enforcement. There has never been a situation that the citizens who are there don't feel comfortable. Plenty of Same law enforcement. Yeah. Same with the representatives. Now, here's the egregious thing. They were saying, oh, it's to protect us. What they didn't tell you is that law enforcement contacted these representatives and said, please do not remove these people from our communities and take them to the Capitol. You're good there. We need them in our communities, keeping our streets safe. So law enforcement were contacting these representatives and saying, please don't. Now, here's something else that they will not tell you. Do you know what else was included in that bill that nobody talks about? Tell me. Paying for three houses in Boise. What is the purpose? Why is that something that we were even going to slip in there? And how is that fiscally responsible? These are the things that we're up against. You know, going through House Bill uh, 581 and House Bill 99, you know, those would have allowed judicial discretion as far as drug use sentencing. She voted yes for that because, look, there is a difference between an 18-year-old who's you know, got, got a small bag of pot and somebody who's selling heroin and trafficking it through our state. There's a huge, you know, difference. And we need to give our judges that we've elected that judicial opportunity to recognize that. Right. 
again, so, this whole thing is insane. You're talking about the second bullet point here. It says voted to give lighter sentences to drug dealers. This is a bill that was that's been put out by uh, Representative uh, Ilana Rubel for every session. She always mm-hmm. brings it up. It, this particular one that they've got uh, bullet pointed here and, and footnoted uh, was from 2018. It passed 48 to 20. Priscilla Giddings was among the 48 who said yes. Let's and and you look at the bill, and all it does is it crosses off the word mandatory. Yeah. It, you go through it, it, it. I didn't print off the whole bill. I was reading it online. I'm going all just page, 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 page. But all all it's doing is crossing off the word mandatory. So it's not mandatory sentencing. Yeah. Because like you said, we don't need to give a five-year sentence to somebody with a bag of pot versus somebody who's trafficking 60,000 pounds of heroin. It's not, you know, it's not, it's not the same. Heaven forbid we send an 18-year-old with $100 worth of weed to prison for five years. What are we doing when we set that as a standard? And here's the thing. People don't realize this as well. Did you know here in Idaho, we actually have the highest incarceration rate percentage-wise in the country? This is the things that we need to be able to look at. Again, we 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 get a hardened criminal. Yes, we want to get them off the streets. We want to keep our streets safe. But again, that 18-year-old who's making a mistake, we want them to learn from it, but we don't want to ruin their lives. We don't right. want to make it to where they don't have opportunities right. where they can get good jobs. This is it's just absolutely insane. Another funny thing about this, and then I'll move on. <laughs> You know, the Fraternal Order of Police, of course, backs Scott Bagkey. Now, I know you know law enforcement across the state as well. My dad was a cop. Yeah. They don't back the Fraternal Order of Police. As a matter of fact, Code 321, who is retired law enforcement officers of Idaho, they endorsed Priscilla Giddings. So, yes, we don't want lobbyists who are, you know, part of the Fraternal Order of Police who always back establishment candidates. Because, again, look – with these people, I don't even think they're being genuine in their approach. They're being very disingenuous. I think what they're doing is they're looking and they're saying, hmm, who can we bet on? And I always treat it like uh, horse racing, right? You've got your jockeying, you've got your horse, and your horse is the party, right? So if you live in Canyon County or if you live in a Republican state for a statewide race, you're going to bet on that horse. And that's the party. Now you're betting on the jockey. And when you know that you have people who will lie, deceive the public, like people like Scott Bedke and his ilk, you're betting because you know that they will do whatever it takes to win. And they don't care that they are deceiving Idahoans. The end justifies. I mean, it's all about power for them. Absolutely. And they're going to lie and they don't care about the lies. They don't care about the fact that they're lying because the end justifies. I mean, they just want the power. This is what's really sad about our system right now. And I, I talked about, I had my uh, Wayne Hoffman, by the way, on my radio show. We recorded the show earlier today. It's going to air on Saturday uh, morning. And um, if, if people want to hear it, they can always go to 941thevoice.com. Look at the archives. Look at Keep the Republic. That's the name of the radio show, Keep the Republic. And Wayne Hoffman, president of the Idaho Freedom Foundation, was my guest. And he was talking about how, you know, it's people have waited to the last minute, the last week or so, and they put all these lies out there. He said he doesn't have that kind of uh, moral uh, lack of integrity. He's got too much integrity to lie. Why would I want to lie? He says, I want to have integrity. I want people to know me for being uh, integrous and to have integrity. But but apparently Scott Bedke doesn't care. He doesn't care that he doesn't care that people know that he's a liar. Yeah. Neither well, does Brad Little because he lied like crazy. He said, I never shut down the state. Of course he shut down the state. Oh, that was I mean, you're talking egregious things. These aren't even, hey, let me manipulate the facts to where they could believe it. And there's some truth. It was outlandish lies. And I haven't even got started on the governor's race. I got to tell you, it is disgusting. And I know you know this, so I'm not going to go too heavy into it. But, you know, I want to use the prime example. One of them that really bothered me was the fact that they said Janice McGeehan spoke at a white nationalist thing, right? Mm-hmm. The video. How disgusting of them to paint all those patriots who went to a pro Make America Great Again conference mm-hmm. as white nationalists. There may have been one there. There may have been two. But again, it's one of those things. If it's like uh, go back to 
the the Boston Marathon where there was the bombing. Were all those people terrorists who were running because two people who were in attendance were actual terrorists? No. What in what world would we make that comparison? It is disgusting. It is egregious. Shame on the media who did not tell the truth. Shame on Brad Little. Shame on the establishment who went after her. And here's another thing that people don't realize. You know who invited her to speak at that? It was Michelle Malkin, a phenomenal, staunch conservative. And she is darker than Barack Obama. (laughs) (laughs) She's 100% Filipino. Yeah, yeah. And she is phenomenal. The fact that they would go after Janice was such egregious things. And first of all, just truly speaks to these people's character. And I'll tell you, Daniel, it's lacking. Well, here's what I got to thinking about. Um, the, I saw the Priscilla thing, you know, and all the lies. But I thought, you know, this this is this is the extent to which they would read. You know, you, you want your kids to read the Bible, right? Yeah. Most, most people want their kids to read the Bible and to understand Scripture. Well, you know what? In the Bible, is stories of rape and stories of incest, and there's all sorts of stuff in there. Can you imagine Scott Bedke going? Priscilla Giddings recommends children read. Books about rape and incest. (laughs) This is is exactly the kind of crap, and I mean crap, that comes out of Scott Bedke's mouth. This guy, at the bottom of his page, vote for conservative Scott Bedke. And I I had to, I went to my Facebook page, I said, Scott Bedke claims to be a conservative. If Scott Bedke is a conservative, I am a purple Sasquatch who eats organic gypsum while watching the Hallmark channel. This guy is not a conservative. <laughs> well, apparently I got to check on you and see you in person again. Cause maybe I need to take a second glance. Cause I mean, look, their lives worked and, and I won't go on a tangent, but I want to give you another one that just really bothered me. Idaho chooses life made a lot of mistakes. Again, they're betting on their horse and they're betting on their jockey. They made a lot of mistakes on who they endorsed, but the worst part is, is they didn't take context into it. I do want to speak about Priscilla Giddings and House Bill. Uh, you know what? I don't remember the bill number, so I'm not going to say it, but there's one called the Trigger Bill. And what it was is it was, hey, let's save some children. Priscilla is such a phenomenal Christian woman that she said, I have to face Jesus Christ, my Savior, at some point after I die. And when I do, I have to be able to look at him and say, I did everything I could to save all babies. So what they told people is, is that she voted against that and they left it at that. What they didn't tell people is, is that there was a bill, that legislative session that would have saved all children in Idaho and made abortion completely illegal. And she was the co-sponsor of that. These tactics are disgusting. Shame on Idaho chooses life. Shame on all these people who played the political game. There's got to be a point where we've got to say as Christians, right? And Idaho chooses life. I do believe that most of them there are Christians. I know a lot of them. They're good people. But the fact that they're playing these political games, we need to take up what we call the sword of the Lord, which is our Bible. And we need to keep that as truth. And we need to keep that as the front thing that we are measuring things by. And shame on them for putting the Bible to the side and saying, we're going to play this political game. It's mm-hmm. so sad. I'm so disheartened. And it's unfortunate because, Daniel, if you go to the Secretary of State's website, you can see I've given thousands of dollars this year. I will never give a dollar to any organization that lies like that again. No. No, this is this is insane. It is evil that they do, that they do this. I, I want to... Uh, before but before I get to my next example, I have to give a shout out, by the way, to yeah. to one of our sponsors, because I'm forgetting we have to do that. <laughs> uh, great conversation here. Michael Hahn, associate broker with Home River Realty, is a triple diamond sponsor of the True Idaho News broadcast. If you want to buy or sell a home or a place of business, you can contact Michael Hahn at 208-939-9033. Once again, 208 939 9033. He's been a real estate guy since 2005. He's not one of these Johnny come lately that got into real estate when the market got hot. He knows what he's doing. If you want to get a house bought or sold or a, a commercial investment property, contact Michael Hahn 208-939-9033. Tell him you heard about it on the True Idaho News podcast. 
So one more thing I want to talk about regarding the lies is this Mike Simpson thing. Um, Mike Simpson, congressman, U.S. congressman for Idaho. He's been there a long time. He has a lot of negative press about him right now because he wants to breach the dams. He was, uh, I, I guess I can say this. I know somebody who was having a conversation with him and Simpson was laughing about all the money he was getting from the people that wanted the dams breached. And they were putting money in his coffers because his support for breaching the dams. He did it for the money. Now, can I verify that? I don't have the receipts for that. I'm telling you what somebody told me at an that I was at an event here in Idaho where Michael Simpson told this person that. So that's third party information. But I'll tell you this. He went across the state and tried to tell people, hey, we want we need to breach these dams. Why he did it, nobody knows. Certainly makes sense to me. But what really bothers me is all the lies he told. Take a look at these, these uh, mailers that he sent out. Brian Smith, and I wish we'd sent Mr. Smith to Washington. Brian Smith was challenging him for this seat. Brian Smith has all these photos in Mike Simpson's cards, Mike Bryant Smith holding a, a bunch of money. That's not true. That's all Photoshopped. You got Brian Smith with a hat on that says he doesn't like Donald Trump. Photoshopped. It looked real. I saw the card. I thought it was real until I was talking to Brian Smith about it. He goes, no, that's totally Photoshopped. I'd never wore that hat. But the real, real thing that irked me the most was Mike Simpson saying that he was endorsed by Donald Trump because he was endorsed by Donald Trump two years ago when he was running against a Democrat for the situation for the, for the House seat. He was not endorsed by Donald Trump in this election against Brian Smith. And yet Mike Simpson thought he had the right to say endorsed by Donald Trump. Lie. lie. It may, maybe it wasn't a lie because he was endorsed by Donald Trump two years ago, but to, to imply that it was done now that's sneaky, dirty, low politics and unethical. And why anybody would want to vote for somebody so unethical to be our representative in Washington, D.C. is beyond me. But unfortunately, as you pointed out, the major media doesn't say that. That, was, that should be their job. Brian Holmes, Marxist extraordinaire at Channel 7 in Boise, ought to be out there going, Mike Simpson is saying this when it's not true. But no, because uh, Mike Simpson is on the same team as Brian Holmes, and therefore he's not going to call that out. So all, all of these lies, I, there's, there's no recourse. This is the problem. There's no recourse. We can sit down and get all the facts, and we can take it to court, and what are, we, what are they going to do? Slap him on the wrist? We're going to get a little apology from Scott Bedke. Oh, I'm sorry. I shouldn't have said that about Priscilla or Brad Little. Oh, yeah, you know you what? You're right. I did close down the state. People did lose their jobs. Kids did commit suicide because of my lockdowns. People did lose their business. Yes, all that stuff. I apologize. But I'm still the governor. That's what we're dealing with. There's no way to combat all these lies in politics. It's getting that dirty. What are your thoughts? You're absolutely right. Like I said, you know, I don't want to be the dead horse, but Daniel... Again, this is the most disgusting election I have witnessed. And they had to double down. They had to do it. Look, if I was a political consultant for them, I would have done the same thing possible. I actually I don't know that I would have lied. That was that was well, really, if you were one of their political consultants, maybe you would have. You're right. I probably would have. But at the end of the day, look, they reek of desperation. They knew that the Californians who moved here were more conservative. But they still didn't know everything. They knew that a lot of people who moved here were pissed off. People from Idaho were pissed off, but not everybody knew. And I got to tell you, when I went to vote, I had two people from Washington. They were pissed off conservatives and it took everything in me. Of course, I was running for precinct committeemen. I had to keep my mouth shut, but I would have loved to have just shaken these two and said, you guys are pissed off for all the re right reasons, but you don't know who to vote for. This is what we have as our battle. Okay, they hear names, they well, know well they guess are. what? When we come back from the break, um, I have some news for you. We're going to wrap up this. We're going to finish this discussion about the lies. We've been, we've, as you say, been beating the dead horse on this, but it's it's so egregious and people need to know about it. Uh, but we're, we have a, a solution in mind. So when we come back from the break, we will talk about that. Be right back. Computers are integral to our homes and businesses, but when there are problems, 
Who can you trust to fix your computer system and protect its sensitive information? BH Consulting can help get your computer running right, and they can do it no matter where you are. They can work remotely, but if the situation requires it, they'll also travel to you. Some of the things that BH Consulting does are software repair and updates, virus removal, and system cleaning. They can reinstall your operating system and do complete setups for home and office, including networking for multiple computers, wired or wireless. If you need hardware repair and upgrades, help with Wi-Fi and internet security, they can do that too. So when those inevitable computer problems pop up in your home or business, give BH Consulting a call at 208-329-8020. That's 208-329-8020 or find them at bhconsulting.us. Welcome back to True Idaho News Podcast. Dr. Daniel Bobinski here with my co-host, Josh Gibbons. We are talking about the recent primary here in Idaho and the lies that took place and possibly a way to get past them. I was talking with uh, some legislators who expressed the same frustration that you and I have just been talking about. And also the, the frustration of people not knowing who to vote for, what you were just talking about. And it looks like we might be working on a project together to educate people, to put together a, a, a video, a training video, an awareness video, and maybe even a series of uh, classes or workshops, half-day kind of things, where people can come together and find out what's really going on and how to find out stuff. So we can go around the state and have these you know, luncheons and whatnot and have these educational, informational things so people can learn. Part of the problem is people wait to the last minute and they don't know where to find the information. So we can provide that. Hey, if you want to wait to the last minute, here's where to go to get your information that is true, conservatively sourced. Not these fake places like, you know, Idaho conservatives. One of them is called um, uh, Idahoans Against Extremism, something like that. There's just, there's just all sorts of things, like half a dozen things popped up over the past year. And they're not conservative. They pass themselves off as conservatives, but they're middle of the road or leftist or outright Democrat with a conservative name on them. So we need to let people know about those things. What do you think of that idea? I think it's a phenomenal idea. Look, it's it's like going into war without a gun, right? That's what we do when we go to the polls and we don't have the information. And what we need to do is we need to teach people how to fish instead of handing them a fish. You know, I, I got to tell you, if you saw me on election day, I was out there with the rangefinder, <laughs> making sure I was within the legal limit, but close enough where people could come talk to me. But the problem is I was being reactive instead of proactive, right? At the end of the day, when I was educating those people, it was reactive. What we need to do is we do need to have something where we are teaching people and training them across the street, across the state, excuse me, how to be proactive in finding out who the right people are to vote for. So mm -hmm. great idea. Yeah. Well, we want to recognize that there's all types of people out there. We want to try to reach as many as we can with the truth. Um, so you mentioned the warfare, and I want to segue here to talk about some of the candidate wins that we've had. We did have some losses uh, devastating, heartbreaking losses at the uh, statewide level with the governor's office and the secretary of state office and lieutenant governor's office, just heartbreaking uh, superintendent of schools. Uh, the right people should have been in there. Uh, but we also have some losses in the House. As you mentioned, Ron Nate, Kerry Hanks, Chad Christensen from the east side of the state, um, uh, Greg Furch, lost his seat. We, we, we've got, we've lost some really good people in the house, but in my radio interview with Wayne Hoffman, he pointed out, he said, this is war. He says in war, you're going to lose some really good people. They're going to get picked off, but you're also going to gain some ground in areas that you didn't have before. And you're going to have some wins. And he says, we, especially in the Senate, we had some really good wins. And I got to look in, you know, at the data and uh, I knew he was right, um, but it was nice to hear him say that to say, hey, you know what? Don't just look down and be bummed about the losses. Take a look at your wins and rejoice in those. 
So I actually spent a couple of hours going over the data in the Senate. And I know you've got some additional insights, but I mean, we're looking here at what? Uh, there's 35 Senate positions. The overwhelming majority, I think, what, 23 of them have no Democratic challenger whatsoever. The people who got um, selected in this primary are going to be the next state senator in those districts. That's good news. Yeah. And a lot of those people who won those races where they do have challenger, Look, Idaho's beautiful in the sense that we've got it pretty clear cut. You know, if you're running in Sun Valley, you're probably going to get a Democrat. You know, if you're running in Boise in a lot of areas, you're going to get a Democrat. But the rest of the state, you can count on the conservative winning. Now, here's the thing I do want to say in regards to that, Daniel, is yes, we did lose a lot of House seats. But I, I want our listeners to remember one thing. In the House, we really only had... 15 conservatives that you could count on to do the right thing every time. But what's important is, is that they make the argument that makes sense to their peers. Now we have a net positive of at least 12 in the Senate. That is a huge win. Again, 15 in the House versus now 12 in the Senate. Senate is half the size of the House. These are people who can be influential to their peers I think we're going to see some big things happen. Yeah, I think you're right. I'm looking here. Yes, we've got what twelve people new in the how in the Senate that will have no Democratic challenger, and most of those people are solid conservatives, which is very different from last year when we had only two people in the Senate who could be classified as conservative senators. Yeah. You know, Daniel, here's the other thing. You know, I work as a political consultant. Yes. This is what I do for a living. I got to tell you, if you would have looked at me in the face and told me we were going to win that many seats in the Senate, I probably would have laughed in your face. Hmm. But the fact of the matter remains that Idahoans are awake. So we did lose those big seats. We do have some wounds to lick, but we've got some real opportunities here and we should be celebrating those. Yeah. Well, you know, as been said that the Senate in Idaho is where good bills go to die. That may change this next year. I, I think uh, Chuck Winter is going to have a really tough time keeping his position as Senate pro tem uh, because there's too many conservatives. And this guy, Chuck Winder, his freedom index voting for freedom is like 29.7%, which is compared to the uh, minority leader in the Senate who had a 26.3%. I'm sorry, 27.3%. So they had like a half a point apart. Chuck Winder is, in essence, a Democrat, and yet he's the Senate pro tem, uh, President pro tem. And this is amazing to me that they would have somebody like that sitting at the top of the Senate. So I don't think with this many conservatives in the Senate, he's going to get repositioned into that. Uh, that means there's going to be someone else at the helm. That means there's going to be probably, hopefully, some conservatives overseeing some committees. And I don't think you're going to see bills getting stuck in drawers anymore. Not that the Senate wants to keep uh, keep a reputation. Whoever takes over at the, at the top is going to want that power and is going to want to keep those bills coming. Yeah. Well, what you got to look at is the people who actually lost, the senators who lost or the people who were incumbents in the House and they ran for Senate and they lost. They got handed a loss. I mean, look, these people were people who already ran these committees. They were expected to win. It was it was one of those things where a lot of people, I heard some arrogance this election cycle where people were like, yeah, we're going to pretend to go ahead and run a race, but, you know, really we're not. Last minute at the midnight hour, they started sweating because they realized everybody else was running real races. So we do have a huge opportunity here, right, as far as the drawing of bills. Now, granted, they're not going to hand, you know, running committees to these newer senators. Right. But at the same time, the pressure that can happen. And here's the other thing. The pressure that can happen is going to boil over. I really do think that we've got a boil over point. On top of that, Daniel, I got to tell you, I don't think we're going to see as much caucusing because the people that were elected, they went there because they were pissed off. They ran because Governor Brad Little shut us down. He forced masks on our kids. They got people fired. They shut down our economy. We are upset 
I don't think we're going to go behind closed doors anymore like we used to and say, let's let's caucus about this. No, let's have the conversation where the people can hear it. Yep. Let's do these things. Let's not do these behind closed doors like we always do. This is no longer business as usual. This is a huge victory. We can, I want to give can a upset, but we need to recognize this is a huge victory for Idaho. It, it is. And I want to give a shout out to some of these, these victors, such as Scott Herndon up in District 1, ran for Senate against uh, Mr. Woodward, who was also a, basically a Democrat that put an R after his name. Woodward was a member of the Flip Flop Five. This was the five senators that flipped their vote when they had a veto-proof number of votes to keep the uh, bill going so that the the governor could no longer keep us in a state of emergency unless he'd contacted the legislature. And that you'd think that that'd be a balanced government, right? And And the governor vetoed it. It's like, wait a minute, the governor doesn't want to operate on a constitutional perspective? Gee, fancy that. But he vetoes it. And what happens? Five senators flip-flopped their vote and said, oh, okay, well, the governor thinks we shouldn't have this, so let's go ahead and and disagree with the governor on this. And Woodward was one of those. And he got beat out by Scott Herndon. I just I want to applaud Scott Herndon, and he's going to do a great job, I think, in the Senate. Super excited about that race. Love Scott. He's great. And then we also have um, the, the lady who is now going to be the Senate uh, person in my district, providing she can beat Rick Just in the generals in November. She's going to have a really tough time. But Cody Galloway was in the House and she ran for Senate and she beat Fred Martin. Fred Martin, again, another Democrat with an R after his name. This guy was I think his middle name was stick the bill in the drawer. This guy was a lazy guy. He didn't want to hear bills. He shut down his committee weeks before the session was over. We're not hearing any more bills. We're, we're, we're done. It's like, um, no, you're elected. You're supposed to hear these bills. That's your job. And he didn't want to do it. So thankfully, people recognize that kind of stuff. And they put Cody in there. And then I, like she's going to have, like I said, a tough fight. I think I'm looking at all these races in the Senate. And she is going to have the toughest time keeping that seat in the Republican hands. Yeah. She can't stop uh, running for office. Now there's, there's no time for her to relax and enjoy some downtime. She can give herself two days, but she's got to get back to work and meet the voters. <laughs> yep. Now I'm going to leave the next one to you because this next victory out there in Canyon County is I think one of your clients. So why don't you tell us about this? Yeah, <laughs> you know, this was uh, this is called the upset of the decade. Uh, we have, of course, Greg Cheney, who was our representative out here in what used to be District 11. And now, or excuse me, it was District 10. Now it's District 11. Um, but he was, look, Greg Cheney, his goal was to become the attorney general and then to become the governor of Idaho. And we were able to stop him. And Greg Cheney's biggest problem is is that he couldn't shut his mouth. He couldn't stop talking smack about people. But we put up a solid conservative, Chris Trakel, against him. And we all got behind him. And Chris did everything right. I'm super proud of him. He is one of my clients. He listened to everything I said. And we made sure he didn't peak too early. And look, you know, (laughs) we've shown that if you do what you promise to the people, if you promise them that you're going to do these things and you have verifiable proof that that's how you are, people will get behind you. And that's what they did with Chris Trakel. And, and I couldn't be prouder of the guy. Uh, he's going to do a great job. Uh, I'm so glad that Mr. Uh, Cheney is gone because he, like I said, put an R after his name, but you listen to all of the legislation that he proposed it was all what one would call statist. It was making the state bigger, giving the state more power over people's lives. He was withholding people's rights and freedoms and, and limiting them all in the name of safety, which is exactly what the communists did. Yeah. Wouldn't we also be interested to know that Cheney was endorsed by the 97% group? He's best friends with them. You just have to look at his Twitter. Yeah. He loves the liberals and the liberals love him. Yeah. You know, 
Look, when it came to his reelection and him running for the Senate, he started to try and sound like a conservative. But the thing is, is look, we've been tortured as Idahoans with the lockdowns. We've we've had to see what's going on. And with Greg Cheney, he could try and espouse conservative ideology all he wanted, but we saw through it. And I got to tell you, the reason, Daniel, this is so big is because Canyon County, you could always count on us to be one thing, and that's establishment hacks. We won in Canyon County big, and I know we'll get into that. Yeah, well, the 97% project is run by Mike Satz, who was an attorney with the Idaho uh, College, the University of Idaho um, uh, Law School. This guy wrote the curriculum for the critical race theory to be taught to the lawyers at the University of Idaho Law School. He wrote the curriculum and taught the classes, seven different classes he did, he taught. It's on his own resume. I'm not making this up. You can go find his resume online and it's there. Now, I happen to have downloaded it so that I have my own copy in case he decides to pull it so I can back all this stuff up. But this guy is basically a communist. And as you say, he's totally in bed with Greg Cheney. So I'm so glad that Cheney is going to be out of the Senate because and out of the out of the government, period. Now, one of the concerns that I had, by the way, is that Brad Little may want to find a place for him in government and give him a job, you know, some high profile agency or something like that to head to head up some agency. Then we can't touch him and he could cause a lot more problems. But I don't think he wants to give up his law firm. I think he likes running his own show. We'll see what happens with that. But he's he carried a lot of water for the governor. That much is the rumor down at the house. Yeah, and, he did. Uh, and uh, he he may end up with in a position. The governor may put him somewhere. You never know. You know, if Brad Little does assign him to something, just remember we do have JFAC, which is our budgeting committee, and with the wins that we've gotten in the Senate, if we get the right people on JFAC, I'll tell you right now. Greg Cheney is not going to be able to grow government because I will be making sure that our senators are accountable and understand what's happening with this budget cut, you know, with budgets. And the big thing is, too, is, as you know, Daniel, government has grown by 21 percent since COVID. Yeah, we have to understand that we're no longer getting those federal funds. The excuses go away. We're not having to pick up the tab for a lot of people that have been hired and new positions that have been created. So that's where as citizens, we need to be at the Capitol fighting to make sure that they're not increasing their budgets. Mm -hmm. And that's what we'll do. So my hope is, is that we will make Greg Cheney, no matter what he is, you know, assigned to by the governor, we'll make him ineffective. Amen. Amen. Hey, let me do another pause here and give another shout out to one of our triple diamond sponsors. That is Tom Lopak owner of Picture Perfect Window Cleaning in Boise. If And he does work, by the way, all throughout the Treasure Valley, also some up in uh, Magic Valley or the McCall area. You can give Tom a call at 208-401-6265. Grab a pen, write that down. That's 208-401-6265. And the reason you want to write that down is if you call that number, and tell Tom that you heard about Picture Perfect Window Cleaning on the True Idaho News podcast, he'll take 10% off your bill. What a great guy. He does window cleaning, screen repairs, gutter cleaning, power washing. Tom Lopak, Picture Perfect Window Cleaning, 208-401-6265. Save 10%. Well, you know, Mr. Gibbons, um, I got to looking at my clock. We're running kind of long here. Um. I'm thinking we might want to take this topic and break it up into a couple of different podcasts. Are you okay with that? Let's do it. I'm ready tomorrow. Like All right. Said, we've got a lot of exciting things to talk about, so I'm looking yeah. forward to it. Yeah. So, so I want to just say, big again, big shout out to the people in, that ran for the Senate and put their necks out there and said, hey, I want to do this. And one, we've got some really good conservatives on the Senate now that are not going to be challenged by Democrats in the fall. They're, they are guaranteed a seat as long as they keep breathing and they stay above the sod. So amen to that. And the people I'm looking at, some of these names that are going to get challenged, like Tammy Nichols, she's running against a Democrat. There's no way on God's green earth that Democrat's going to win. Tammy Nichols will be the senator for the new District 10. Chris Trakel is going to have to face a Democrat, but 
my understanding is, again, Chris Trakel's not going to have a problem winning in that race either. So we're going to have a really nice conservative Senate. Uh, I need to go spend some time looking at the House side of things and see where we're, where we're looking there. That's going to be a little more complicated. There's twice as many people. Take a little more time. But uh, as we wrap up this thing about lies and the wins that we got in the Senate, any, any closing thoughts, Mr. Josh? Look, in some races, we got a spiritual spanking. At the end of the day, just put your trust in Jesus Christ and make him the front of it. And I'll tell you what, he's he's delivered a lot for us. And, and just make sure to thank him. Amen to that. Thank you, Jesus. And that, by the way, I will close with that because that is so important. When you take a look at the constitutions of the, the, the 13 colonies before they created the official federal constitution, to be holding public office in 12 of those 13 states, those nation states, because they were independent nations at that time. They, they had it in their constitutions that in order to hold public office, you had to be a Christian. You had to subscribe to the Christian, Judeo-Christian worldview. So that was a, a strong Christian consensus throughout the community. And I think that's why they didn't put it in the national uh, constitution, the federal constitution, because it was already existing in the state constitutions. And they knew that if you're holding public office, then you already had to be a Christian. So why duplicate the effort in the federal one? That was the consensus. So, uh, you know, Alan Keyes was here on May 7th. He spoke at an event that I hosted and I got to talking with Alan. And he said, you know, until our country returns to a thirst for, for the righteousness found in scripture, we're not going to do well. We really need to return to scripture and thirst after that kind of righteousness. And then we can do better because that's the way God wants it to be. And that's the way the country was set up to operate by the people who wrote the documents that founded this country. So, yeah, I'm glad you brought that up, Josh. Great point. And, uh, you know, as, as Josh said, if you have not established a relationship with Jesus, you know what? Not a bad time to start. He will reward those who diligently seek after him with that josh i say thank you very much josh my pleasure as always <laughs> and this is dr daniel bobinski we're talking about the news in idaho from a judeo-christian perspective uh thanks for listening to the true idaho news podcast we will catch you next time until then be blessed you've been listening to the true idaho news podcast unfiltered news and opinion for the citizens of Idaho. Get more true news by visiting trueidahonews.com. If you'd like to support this podcast, visit trueidahonews.com slash support. Thanks for listening. <laughs>